0: I'm Dr. V. And I'm Dr. A. Two docs on a mission to answer your burning questions about burning sensations and all things science. This is What the Woo. So we
1: just left off on our last podcast our discussion about um toilet paper anxiety <laughs>
0: <laughs> well and my Kirkland underwear like yeah yeah
1: and and i just i don't know but I like what are people going to do if if they're out of and why of all the things you said Aust- australia
0: yeah so like um, I think it's interesting because you're traveling to Australia soon, in right? In theory. <laughs> well, yeah, and I just read an article that they're like rationing toilet paper. So
1: I should bring some.
0: Yeah, like at least bring like a couple extra tissues in your purse or something in just in case. But, but I why? feel like the hotels why will have to start with that and not water. Water. Mm, Pop-Tarts. Food. (laughs) Yeah. The Pop-Tarts are still there for some reason. (laughs) No one wants Pop-Tarts. Nobody wants Pop-Tarts. And to me, that seems like the obvious choice. I know. The MREs I just bought, they have Pop-Tarts in them, FYI. Do they? Yeah. They have like a hot meal that rotates like it's like lasagna or spaghetti or chili or whatever. And And
1: and then there's
0: And then there's always the (laughs) snack, which is like a Pop-Tart. A set of crackers and like jam. Yeah, but squeezable jam. Pop tarts are only good warm. I mean, how are you gonna warm up a Pop tart? Well, you do have the MRE bag that self heats. So there's that. So, but I don't know if they're designed to heat the Pop tart. But to me, like, I'm willing to just, like, sit on top of my Pop-Tart and let my my ass heat warm it. Yeah, but you then just it'll need crumble. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you've seen my ass. No, I mean, any <laughs> ass is going to crumble a Pop-Tart. Yeah. yeah, no. I mean, but seriously, like, why don't people want the Pop-Tart? Like, that's a good carb source it's better than the spam oh god yeah like i mean really like if you're dying and everything's being rationed like don't you want to have your carbs before you die rather than a fucking protein like spam oh yeah if i'm gonna die anyway i'm eating pop tarts Absolutely. And I hope they aren't the maple Pop-Tarts. Like, oh, I want the strawberry ones. The
1: strawberry ones are the best. They're the
0: only ones that are edible. I always hated it when
1: I was a kid, and, like, you'd get the combo pack, and you're like, oh, oh yeah. the,
0: brown, the maple ones. And so you'd hoard the strawberry ones, and then you'd leave the maple for your brother? <laughs> yes. Or am I the only one that did that? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No. So, no. yeah, so you're going to Australia soon. Yeah, and so it's for a business trip.
1: Um, And, you know, my husband... He works in in tech, and so a lot of their conferences are, you know, global attendees, and so they've canceled a lot of the Mm -hmm. things, and yet the one that I'm going to is is a local meeting, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, they haven't done anything, um, because I don't think it's been a problem there, um, but they're preparing, apparently, with just the toilet paper rations. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, for me, I figure... Like at this point, they probably have more to fear for me than than I do from them. So I'm just kind of laying low, trying not to
0: get coronavirus before I'm supposed to leave. Right. And hoping they don't close their borders.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, there's not a whole lot I can do um, in that case. But like what I really don't want is to be stuck there. There are worse
0: places to be stuck. I know.
1: I mean, yeah, but it's also been raining every day. Oh.
0: But it also is a forced vacation from family, and sometimes we need that in our lives. Yeah, I mean, well, in theory, it's supposed to be work. (laughs) You know? And and I'm assuming if
1: I'm in quarantine, it's for a bad reason, so it won't really be a vacation. Mm, Okay,
0: fine. (laughs) Your brain went to a different place than mine did. I'm like picturing, you know, that I'm Wait, still no, able to like snorkel while in quarantine. And I don't think that's a thing. I don't think they're cool with that. Damn it. Okay, <laughs> note to self, I'll stay at home in my bunker. <laughs> with your Pop-Tarts. With my Pop-Tarts and freeze-dried food, food and MREs. But it is it is really, really hard to
1: know what to think because you've got... You know, there's so many different conflicting sources of information and it changes every day. And so yeah. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm like, you know, it, there's you're never going to really know from from day to day and you just kind of have to prepare in advance. But I think people do need to know like immediately and have bookmarked the places you want to go to verify your information. Because I think very, very quickly, we're going to start seeing all sorts
0: of crazy rumors. I mean, we already already are. are. Yeah. That's the problem is we already are. And they're kind of veiled as like coming from credible sources. And I think, you know, one thing to think about that is really important is that right now there's this push to like, uh, have the public have access to like pre-publication sources. Like, so it's real research, but, you know, not peer-reviewed yet, right? And and I think that we need to take a step back from that. Like, because the whole point is that peer-reviewed good sources, things from like New England Journal of Medicine and CDC and all of that, like they've got, you know, super smart people that are smarter than you and I that are looking at things being like, oh, this is real, Versus like, oh, that's shit and that's not going with our name attached to it. But when people are able to look at these pre-publication stories, they they think it's all legit because it looks like it's research well, I and mean, science. The problem
1: is I think people, people are trying to find science, right? And they don't know how to parse um, good science from bad science. And yeah. the internet has sort of given people the ability to share information right away. And so, yeah, you can find something that sounds like it's going to be – a good piece of information and, and maybe it won't be. And so, it, you know, it's not just enough for somebody to say, oh, researchers are finding this, that, and the other, you know? And, and I think um, for anybody who's not specifically a public health expert or works in research, you know, you need, you need to know that no matter what, you should be trusting um, the main sources of information that are geared towards the public yes. or somebody whose job it is, to sort of stand as an e- intermediary. So, um World Health Organization obviously.
0: Yeah, CDC I is the main one
1: and CDC um uh, but I, <laughs> I, I... <laughs> with a big but. Did you all vote in the
0: primary? <laughs> um <laughs> 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 We have we have a bit of a problem um in that So maybe just World Health Organization. May- Sorry. Well,
1: <laughs> you know what? And the thing is the thing is, I have the utmost respect for the scientists at the CDC. They are working so hard, and it's not that they're putting out bad information. It's that they're being
0: hamstrung and yes. overruled by, by politicians, and that's bad. It's heartbreaking when we let politics make the rules over science. We need to stop that.
1: Yeah, and I think you know this stuff is going to come home to roost in the next few weeks because we have been under-testing here in the United States, so we're going to see a lot more cases, and we're just already behind the eight ball. But again, like, you know you, you have this information, and it's like, this is the stuff that I, I know and believe to be true. that still doesn't mean I'm going to go out and panic and buy up all the toilet paper, right? So right. so what like I have thoughts in my head, but for you, like knowing that this is probably going to be coming, like what are your realistic preparation steps?
0: Or prevention steps. I think the realistic prep and prevention steps are what we do every year to prevent the spread of the common cold and the spread of influenza. That's right. all we need to do. We need to be uh, washing our hands yes. all the fucking time. And and it's not just washing hands after I shake hands with someone or whatever, this is about like when you touch doorknobs, you right. need to wash your hands. Um, we need to do all of the things like uh, wiping down shopping carts, yeah. um, which is what I always already do, and we've talked about that on our previous podcast. That yeah, so common sense precautions yeah. um, are the
1: main ones, and then I think, you know. I don't know about you, but, like, I I always wash my hands the way that I was taught to. Like, it it becomes a habit when you're in school. So the full 20 seconds and get in between all the crevasses. You can't just, like, do the quick little run underwater. Um, And 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 hot
0: water. Hot water and scrub, scrub, scrub. Yeah, and soap. And, you know, I think people will talk about, like, what soap to use. It doesn't matter, you know. I don't think that's your limiting factor here. Right, but, you know,
1: (laughs) but the, the point is that you don't have to, you know, really do anything that you shouldn't be doing anyway in yes. terms of, in terms of that. Um, now I, I do think we may be looking at situations where the government does decide to shut down schools for a couple of weeks or, or places where people congregate in large numbers, um, mm-hmm. because that's where these things tend to spread if they're trying to get a hold on, on the spread of the disease. And so for me, um, this idea about preparing for being at home isn't about like oh my god I'm going to die if I go outside. It's simply that the schools are going to be closed. Um, I I can't envision something where like essential services are going to go away. Like your water is going to stop running. I mean that didn't even happen in in Wuhan. And so I think people need to understand you know sort of these these likely outcomes. Um, and and even all of these scenarios are not about the average person like killing over left
0: and right, but they're just sort of like disease management, herd management, um right protocols. And that's the big thing is that like um this is about population density. It's yeah. not about a virus that is wild and crazy taking over the world. It is about yeah, what well, f- kind of is <laughs> I mean right now it is that's what a <laughs> pandemic is. Um but no, but it's not taking over the world because this virus is like Wild and crazy and worse than other viruses we've seen. Certainly, you know, we've got some stats that make it look really scary and terrible, but we actually haven't even had a chance to really process those stats. And so it's worthless to talk about that. But it's about the fact that we live in a global world where we have. Easy transmission spread because we have high populations that got a, a a nasty disease, and then they also travel around the world. And so you're absolutely right that things might close down so that we avoid congregation in groups. But uh, we need to think about, like, the logics of that. Like, yes – Disease is transmitted at schools, but it's also transmitted when you go to like sports games, right? And I mean, <laughs> like, I was are they gonna
1: cut that out? The March Madness where they're thinking about playing it to empty um, stadiums, and I mean, and those are kind of reasonable. It should those are reasonable be reasonable things to think oh, yeah. about, right? Like,
0: no, that's the thing, and I hadn't heard that. And my first thought is like, we need to close down, yeah, basketball stadiums way before we close down schools. Like, that's just fucking stupid. Number one, basketball, non-essential. Well, tell that to, like, half the men in this world. But, like... Those are women. Uh, not, well, not me, but... Some, not me. Some yeah, women. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> like yeah. Um,
1: yeah, they're into it. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I think... Um, well, and, and who knows? Like, the, the whole point is I I am trusting the experts in public health management to, to make those calls and... I, I think it's, you know, sort of our, our responsibility, um, and our, our leaders and our politicians' responsibility to to follow their lead. And the problem when you just say it's no big deal, it's no big deal, it's no big deal, is that people don't trust you. And so like mm-hmm. what are you hiding? And and probably are hiding some stuff, right? And then you get panic because people aren't getting realistic information. And that's, you know, I mean, from my perspective as a veterinarian, um, you see this misinformation sort of coming to roost when you're not getting out ahead of it. Um, with the the dog in Hong Kong that tested positive, yeah, for like the coronavirus. Tell me more about that, because it seems like they kind of went crazy on that. Yeah, so this dog, um, the owner had coronavirus and was already in the hospital, and they they tested the dog. They just swabbed the nose and the mouth, and it, it tested positive for. The virus. Now, the dog's not sick. The dog's not actually showing any symptoms of the disease. All they know is that the virus was present.
0: So they tested for shits and giggles, basically. I think so,
1: just because they were curious, you know, and I don't know what would happen if you tested other dogs of owners. But they don't really know. Um, sometimes a virus can, you know, hang out on another species and just kind of fizzle away. It's, mm-hmm. it's very unusual, and that's why this is fortunately a rare thing. Like, it's unusual for a virus to jump species and gain momentum like that's the sort of thing that that we're scared of and it it's not the normal thing and so this dog they're just kind of watching it but the likelihood nobody nobody um none of the sources that i use world health organization um wasava all the veterinary organizations are saying over and over there is no indication that you can get coronavirus from your pet and we have to keep saying that sort of unequivocally over and over and over unless the data shows otherwise because right. when people hear that information um it was a heartbreaking article in, in time magazine where the reporter was there and like people are just driving around asking the reporter do you want my dog and they're just like dumping them on the street In oh, um, worse you know they're doing horrible things because they're they're scared and they're not getting the right information. Like that, so that's why I'm, I'm so like, you know, I mean, <laughs> hopefully nobody's going to be smothering old people in the nursing home, um, but they'll do that to their
0: pets. Um, like that just hurts my heart to hear. Of course, of course it does. Uh, you know, God. And, the, the, you know, I'm over here thinking about the likely scenario that like, you know, sick woman or man with coronavirus like coughs into their hand and then like Fido comes up and snuggles on their lap because they love their owner and their owner's sick. And then they pet their like snotty, you know, with their snotty hand onto the dog and so then, of course, like, the dog is basically functioning like a fomite, like your your door handle at your house or exactly. whatever. And, and of course, that's going to test positive if you test them within a reasonable time frame before the virus dies on the fur. Well, and the, the latest information,
1: um, and, you know, I can put where I'm looking in the show notes, but they, they do think because they've been serially testing the dog, because it's good information for them to know, is that the virus did sort of, like, it's still there mm-hmm. after a few days, so it's probably... Probably more than a fomite, but that doesn't mean that the dog can spread the disease. But yeah, I mean, and even with all of that, the fact remains that these things are very, very unlikely. And so I I think as scientists, we, we tend to, you know, we want to talk in probabilities and this, that, and the other, but like you need the scientists who do that and are very, very, very specific, but you also need the, the interpreters who are like, your dog's not going to give you coronavirus. Please don't kill your dog. Please don't kill your dog. Um, in in parts of China, the reports were coming that if you tested positive, um, all the animals in the household were were being destroyed. I are you fucking kidding? Well, me? I I don't like that. That it hurts I haven't my heart. And and this is you know this was sort of information coming from people out of China. I don't know that 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 is the case, but that is certainly something that's within the realm of possibility. And so for me, you know, I I really just want to make sure people know the bottom line. As of right now, is don't do that.
0: No, <laughs> Please. like, like, Please don't. Until we know for sure that that dogs are a mode of transmission, like they're Which another. They We do not know that, know. and there's no credible science supporting that. From what I'm hearing, right. So if there is, we will talk about that. Yeah, we'll have another episode, but it's not. It's not a thing. No, th-
1: so there there are two groups of population that should be scared right now: bats.
0: Well, okay, three <laughs> bats. Uh, don't slaughter bats. Um, bats, dogs, and old people. And old people, yeah. And then you know, immunocompromised kind of falls sure. in the old yeah people um, category. So we're talking but about like it. it
1: oh, the, those nursing homes are getting nuked. Not in the United States. The yet. one in
0: Kirkland. <laughs> I
1: mean, not physically nuked, but I mean like that the. the The, all the people in that nursing home in Kirkland, like there's like five that died this week in that one nursing home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I would like to put this in perspective also, like that happens with influenza as well. In that level. Yeah. So we saw it with swine flu back in like, what was that? 2008 ish. We're just, people were dropping like flies. And what was scary is actually back then in swine flu, it was about, um, the, it, that was healthy people. So we were freaked out because like college students were well, dropping. And, and that's the
1: thing, right? Every, there, There's so many different little variables here to parse out. And so um, you're talking about how long it takes for the virus, like how long it is before you're symptomatic, can you transmit it before you're symptomatic? And one of the reasons this is so big is because so many people are subclinically infected, right? So you can spread it further and wider than you could with MERS, where you just kind of drop dead within a day or two. So,
0: But I mean, all of those things, they're all very, very different variables. And so um, I would like to address that though. So um, CDC has come out to clearly state that uh, transmission of coronavirus is like typical viral spread. Whereas uh, if you are the most sick, you are the most infectious, which means like, yeah, if you're like snotting it up, you're spreading it to others. Um, You know, there was some stuff that came out that said like, oh, people are spreading this prior to being symptomatic. This is super scary. Um, I just listened to a very credible sources podcast this morning. That was talking about the fact that, yes, that did come out and they didn't, they ended up deciding that the person was actually symptomatic and they had been hiding their symptoms. Right. And so so what we know is the same as we've always known that this isn't as scary as some people have made it out to be, that they were symptomatic we still don't know that people can spread this prior to having symptoms yeah
1: yeah so and it we're going to continue to learn more um
0: and so I, yeah i mean what was key is just that we need to not be scared this this isn't as big of a deal as some people make it out to be so but don't hoard toilet paper. More of a big deal than others are making yeah, it's, <laughs> it. Yes, <laughs> all, all of those things. <laughs> like we don't blow this off. I mean, it's it's spreading
1: like gangbusters. Um, but it's also like,
0: oh, uh, you know,
1: unless you're old or a dog
0: um, or a bat, yeah. But don't hoard toilet paper.
1: Don't hoard toilet paper. Like, diarrhea is not one of the main, I mean. No. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> Where did you get that you needed toilet paper? Don't forget to subscribe to our WooCast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly on our website at Podcast.com. You can email us at contact at whatthewoopodcast.com or go to our website and fill out the contact form there. We'd love to hear from you. What
1: the Woo is an educational podcast and is not a substitute for professional care and advice. Please seek appropriate medical care for any health care concerns. Opinions expressed are solely those of the doctors and not those of any sponsors or employers. Thanks for listening. See you next time on What
0: the Woo.